I'm your host, Lori Marie. I like to talk to all of my more successful friends on what it's like to be more successful than me. Basically anyone that has more IMDb credits and fans than I do. So pretty much everyone I know. I hope you enjoy. That, that's how you start your podcast? <laughs> <laughs> you don't go, hey, this is Lori Marie but, and my more successful friends. Well, I mean, I do like a I do like a pre-thing oh, there's before like a, I post it. pre-thing? Sometimes. Like, sometimes I'll do like an interlude where I'll be like, what's up, me and my more successful friends? And then you do like your, your Mark Maron riff. Yeah. I'm I was like at the post office. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Stamps.com. You do that. <laughs> well, I actually, you know, I never say who I am because I feel like if people are, do people read the bios? I guess not. Should I say who I am? I should. You should be like, you're the host of the show. Fuck. Okay. So let's, let's, <laughs> let's uh, reset. We're not going to, um, not going to cut any of this out. This is all going to stay okay. in here, but you we're going to reset. You gotta do. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So this is Lori Marie. Hey, Lori Marie. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's so unnatural for me. Just yeah, this is Lori Marie, and uh, this is my me and my more successful friends, and it's a podcast. There you um, go. See, yeah. that people might have been confused. They might, they <laughs> might have thought that they've been listening to a cassette tape for something. <laughs> now they know it's a podcast. They know who you are. You're, you're learning so much. See, this is why I have you on here because you're more successful. You know how to do things better. Than I didn't mean I. to come mansplain your podcast to you. Yeah, well. I don't know, you probably, I don't expect anyone to listen to any of them, um, but the theme so far, aside from the title, has just been that everyone's come on and they're supposed to help me make the podcast better, so. Is that the theme so far? It has not been the plan, but that's what's been going on. Like, uh, I came up on this equipment um, like two, three episodes ago, and before that, I was doing it, I use Anchor. Have you heard of that podcast app? Nope. This is now my ad for Anchor, <laughs> so I can get paid. Just kidding. Um, actually, no, that would be dope if I could get paid, if anyone actually listened to this thing. But, um, yeah, so I was doing it from my phone, which is it's a great, like, app. It, like, mm. allows you to podcast from your phone. Um, and then Ari was on an episode. Ari Manis, you familiar? Mm. Yeah. He was on an episode, and he was like, we're not doing the podcast this way. Um, and it was all my grand scheme, like my plan. So he was like, you just had your phone out. Yeah. Well, I had a mic. I had a mic attached to it. You had like a little tiny mic attached to it. It was like a podcast mic, but, you know, I had to do all this extra work on the back end before I would post. Yeah. And he was like, we're not going to do that. And he made me go to his house. And then he gave me this stuff. He gave it to you. Gave it to me. Boy, that's a nice guy. I know. What a sweet guy. I didn't have to do anything. (laughs) <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> Are you interacting with a lot of guys that make you do stuff for things? Yeah. Yeah? <laughs> this is 2019. I mean, it's kind of par for the course. I feel like that is definitely not f- par for the course <laughs> anymore. I think they, 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 ladies have been putting their foot down for stuff like that. Yeah, but, like, why mess with what works, you know? I see. <laughs> Did it like a, did a man help move any of this stuff in, or was this all? Um, I did most of it with um one of my friends, and then I did have a dude who had a truck who helped move like my bed and dresser and stuff. 
It's probably like watching an ant move things because you're so <laughs> tiny, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it took a while. Like, I put off unpacking for a while, and then I had just a sea of boxes. Um, and do you know how heavy cardboard boxes fucking are? Like, once you break them down, like, that shit's heavy. Yeah. So <laughs> it took me three days to get all the boxes out of here. Well, um, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Box talk. Yeah, this is so interesting. But um, so what's up? How's your? It's Saturday. So. I understand. Like, if I came over to somebody's house and they just had their phone out and they were like, "This is the podcast," <laughs> I'd be like, "I drove here for this." I get it. But you know what? The Anchor app. If you research it, it's one of like there's so many people that have been using it, doing it just on their phone. Yeah. So it's actually like a legitimate way to podcast. But it was never my plan to just do it on the phone. I had ordered equipment that didn't come and then i just started doing the podcast and then i got the mic and the mic wasn't terrible but it, it, i wasn't super happy with it but i'm also lazy so i was like i'm not gonna edit any of this i'm just gonna let it be what it is and it actually if people start listening or this takes like catches any interest of it like uh of subscribers like if you listen from the first episode till now mm-hmm. it i've made strides yeah, you're growing. <laughs> you're like you're you were a worm, and now you're gonna be a butterfly. I think that's wrong, right? It's a caterpillar. yeah, it's a caterpillar, but maybe uh, I yeah, that's cool. Whatever. You're in a cocoon right now. Well, now <laughs> I think I've like I figured it out, all because someone just said you're doing it wrong here. All right. So. And what episode number is this? This is episode eight. Episode eight. Eight for weight. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Eight. So, um, so cool. So I'm glad you could come over today. Uh, I was trying to remember before you got here how we met because I like to always kind of start with that. Um, do you remember? I think we met at Echoes Under Sunset. Really? Yeah. Just at the mic? Well, I think there was like, I, w- I was there for like, a show or something or maybe it was a show that had bucket spots or something there was a lot yeah. of people there but i think i was there for like a show and then you were there oh man echoes under sunset rest in peace yeah yeah so you were there and i was there and then i just started chat i think you'd only been doing comedy like a couple months or something wow you were, you were just a wee babe in the woods yep i was just so fresh that was fresh. a long time ago now yeah how long ago was it god i think like End of 2012, maybe 2013. Wow. So you've been... A while. It's wild. And I'm still not good, so... Well, it takes a long (laughs) time. (laughs) So you're a comedian. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so far I've been having a lot of comics on the podcast because those are my more successful friends. Um, But yeah, so we've known each other for a while then. Like yeah, a hot minute. And I think seven. that's what the kids say. Yeah, I mean, that's a long time in L.A. years, like seven years about. Yeah. Well. That's a long fucking time. Probably, yeah, six, five, something like that. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it was like 2012. And we're maybe about 2013. Yeah, maybe. Okay, so I like moved six. here in 2013. Okay, so it's 2013. So it had to be 2013. Okay. Or 14. So then I had been doing it maybe a year. I was still pretty fresh. I don't think I was doing it the first six months like super. Re- I was doing it like once a week because no one tells you. You think it's like therapy. So you're like, oh, I can go once a week. Yeah. You got to do it a bunch. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah. So that's cool. Okay. So what were you before you started stand up? What um, 
What were you doing for a job? I was working at Fidelity Investments. What? Yeah, I wasn't. I didn't do any investing. I <laughs> I I got a job uh, doing like customer service for like the four hundred one ks, and then I got laid off, and then they brought me back to do some like because they. Fidelity Investments had their own temp service. It's like a real scam. Oh, wow. So they so they own their own temp service. <laughs> but you would just get hired at Fidelity. It was just like a way so they wouldn't have to pay you as good of benefits as the full-time yeah. employees, you know? Yeah, sounds so, like a scam. I'm sure it was some sort of scam, you know what I mean? Uh, so I got that job ended, and then they brought me back, you know, like a week later to do some, like, whatever clerical work like data entry data entry okay then that assignment ended and i was home for a couple of days and then they called and they're like we got a job in our warehouse and i was like oh fuck how you know you had a warehouse so then i was <laughs> you know it was such a weird thing to be working at this big investment company and in a where like in a like a real blue collar job yeah and it was like working like the night shift like i was working like 10 a 10 p.m. to like no it was something great no I think I it was like 2 a.m. to like noon or something like a real fucking banana shift it was really wow it was really hard on the body and the mind vampire shift yeah real vampire shift <laughs> and, it, and it was making me crazy and then I went in on the boss I was like I gotta get off this shift so they switched me. I got the second shift which is like it was four to midnight or something so, you know, you couldn't really have much of a social life that way. Like on the weekends, I'd really go ape shit, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> but during the week, you know, it was like didn't see anybody, you know. Oh man. Four to four to midnight. And but the only good thing was is I was able to sleep all right, you know. Mm. I wasn't up all night. That's bad for you. So I was able to sleep, and then eventually I transferred into like the office. I got transferred and I got hired on. But it was like part time, so I was working like thirty hours a week. But I had better benefits, so I don't know. It ended up kind of maybe e equaling out. It was like just like in the mailroom, <laughs> quality of life. <laughs> but my, but I would then I was back on like a first shift, so I was back being a person after maybe like a year and a half of like what like in the darkness. And uh, and then one day I was like sitting down, I saw an article in the newspaper about a stand up comedy class, and then that's how. The ball got rolling because I signed up for that class. Wow. Yeah. You were yeah. like, I need a hobby? Well, yeah, maybe I need a hobby. Everybody, like, a, like a, I just, all of a sudden, you know, if, if you don't find, like, an interest, like, you just start running out of friends. You know what I mean? <laughs> so uh, it's just like everybody's getting married or moving away. You know, oh, in the Midwest, yeah. it's a lot. It's a different, right. you know. This is in Kentucky. Yeah, in the okay. Cincinnati area, you know. Yeah. Right across. Oh, there. right. Yeah, yeah. So it's like right Border. there. So it's like, you know, the Cincinnati, like that's the scene. And, you know, but like people in the Midwest, they get married when they're like 25 and move, you know. So all of a sudden I was like 26. And it's like, like I was just like an old maid or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I hadn't really developed any friends outside of like work. You know, most of the people I were friends with like went to high school with or you know maybe yeah. college. so it's just like it was just down to like two friends and if one of them was like busy 
or if they were both busy on the weekend, I just was like fucked. You know what I mean? Damn. So you wouldn't just go out and try to make friends in Cincinnati? Well, I didn't know how. <laughs> <laughs> how do you just show up when you're like a dude? Like, hey, would you like to be my friend? It's no. fucking. <laughs> I just imagine. Yeah, I guess you're right. I guess it like goes back to an interest. You start. You play like a sport after work, or you go to the gym. I guess people. Or you know, you're friends with people, but like people I work with, like. They were squares. They weren't square, you know, but they had like <laughs> families or whatever. And then like, you know, there wasn't that many people that were like young and single or whatever. That even, even those, there you know, was like the work friends, but they weren't like people. I was like, boy, I want to kick it with these people, you know? <laughs> so, and some of them, they were cool and like, but I didn't like know how, I was just like lost essentially you know so then i started comedy and i was like oh i didn't even realize like i didn't even realize people went out i i thought people that went out like monday through like thursday or were like crazed alcoholics you know what <laughs> i mean i thought that was like i mean and that's that's what there are kind like <laughs> there are like that pe- but there are also people just going out to socialize those days a week you know yeah. Like for me, I was like, yeah, you just come home, you work, you come home, you go to bed. Like I didn't even know people <laughs> did stuff outside of those. Wait, and this was before social media, right? I mean, I mean, social media was like there was like MySpace. MySpace. Yeah. Oh, okay, so like 2003. 2004. Yeah, at okay. that time. Yeah. All so right. I was just like, just a lost. Just hitting up the bulletins on MySpace, trying to see what's going on. <laughs> yeah, you know. But then once I started doing comedy, I was like, oh, there was people my age that were like going out to shows and doing stuff and then kind of built a social network that way. And all of a sudden I had a lot more friends and and really realized that there was other stuff going on. And I had such a negative view of Cincinnati, the Cincinnati area at that point was like, there's nothing going on. And, you know, and I mean, at when I go back now, it's like so much, yeah. so much even different now. Like there's so many more places that are to go and like so many more restaurants and bars and cool places. And it wasn't like that. There was just like a handful of spots. So, but now uh, it's a lot different. But even then there was like, oh, there was, there's always, people always like bash their city. Like, nothing to do here, but it's like, well, maybe you're just not poking around hard enough. I mean, some places maybe yeah. there is nothing to do, but there was like a budding stand-up scene that was like starting. I mean, there was like some people had been around before that, but there was like a big influx of people that were because the comedy class was kind of churning people out. Wow! So there was like a lot of people getting churned out. They were like, oh, let's do this. So it was just like this, the right time, the nexus of everybody coming together. So and now it's kind of ha- it's like kind of a happening scene up there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And there's like. You have, what, two big comedy clubs there? Yeah, there's two comedy clubs. Now there's, like, shows every night of the week. It wasn't like that when I started. There was, like, Go Bananas and then a random show here and there. I started a show at a coffee shop. And then we would all, like, pile in each other's cars and, like, drive to, like, Dayton, Ohio or Lexington or Louisville or, or any of these places because they were with within, like, a two-hour drive, you know. Yeah. Dayton was only 45 minutes and we'd drive and do like whatever open mic at the comedy club was there, you know, and then drive home and go to work the next day, you know. Wow, two hours to go to a mic. 
Yeah, uh, you know, it's like there wasn't much stage time, you know. So yeah, I mean, two hours seems to be the extreme. But I, you know, Lexington, they had a open mic once a month at their club, and that's like a seventy-five minute drive, you know. Mm-hmm. And there'd be like f- three or four of us in the car, so it was just like Went we were broing down, and it was <laughs> like it. It wasn't like you were doing it by yourself. So yeah, that's true. I guess it helps when you have other people to motivate you. Right. Like I, when I first started stand up. I didn't really, I didn't know what I was doing at all. And then I did end up like going, driving deep in the valley to go to Mike's and do shows and stuff like that. But um, that's crazy. So, so you, that's like your, like your friends in your formative years, I guess. Right. Cause this was all like you were 26. So that's when you started. Mm-hmm. And then how quickly did you start to get shows like spots on shows? Well, you know, I started working at Go Bananas within like six months. I started oh, hosting. I didn't know you worked there. Like, well, hosting, not working. Oh, there. gotcha. Okay. But okay. I, you know, I got like a paid hosting week within six months. You know. Damn. Yeah, so that was pretty exciting. Yeah, that's impressive. Now, I guess people can get spots really fast now, but it's. And back then, strange. everything, everything was considered like there wasn't like every once in a while there'd be like a random shows like outside the city or something, but like everything was pretty much considered a mic at that, you know? Oh, okay. Because there would be, like, nobody knew. It wasn't like that period where everything became a show because there wasn't, there wasn't like, 50 comedians. And since there was, like, 15, you know what I mean? <laughs> and then there would be people sometimes at the show, you know, mics, you know, there was always, you know. So when I started, I was performing in front of real people immediately. Yeah. So I think that gives you a real leg up. Kind of because you got to really learn how to make people laugh right away mm-hmm. when there's people in the audience. Did you have kind of an easy start? Like, did it did it sort of come really naturally? Like, w- even when you were doing the class, or was it something where you really felt like you had to kind of study and like do every day? And I mean, I felt like I was really trying to learn how to write jokes and all that sort of stuff. Uh, I, I don't think it came easy, but I felt like. There was, like, some people that were starting at that time They were, like, 18 or 19, and I felt like I had a little bit more experience in them just because I had lived longer uh, <laughs> life, you know? Yeah. And I had more to talk about. More to talk about, yeah. What were, like, because this is so interesting to me because I, I started at 26, too, but I, I don't have the amount of time yet under my belt. So I'm, like, at seven years, I'm like, man, nothing's happening. I'm not doing it enough. I, like, so hard on myself. But then I... I, like, realized, like, I need to do it 10 more years, I think, you know, to, like, to kind of get to a, a place where it can be a career. I mean, I guess you also kind of have to choose it. Like, I have a day job, so. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, there's a definitely a point where you got to be like, I got, you got to make peace with that you're going to be poor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, you look how nice your life, you have a nice apartment. And like, yeah, my You dress very nice. well. Yeah. <laughs> You know, you seem to have you. I, I follow you on the gram. You go mm-hmm. nice places. You have a very nice life. I feel like it, you know it'd be hard for you to like just be a dirtbag. Yeah. I mean, you could, you know, you could. There's so many different ways to become a comedian. You could, you know, maybe this podcast takes off. Maybe you're on a web series or you know, something else happens, and then, boom, you know, you're. You're making a living as a comedian, you know, yeah. and then you have all that experience under your belt. Yeah, I mean, there was a, there was about four years where I did work 
a ton of side jobs so I could do this. And I do think it helped. Like, I feel like sometimes right now, because I can't go to a mic every day, but I, I get shows pretty weekly. Yeah. But I'm not doing it as much as I could. Right. But, but I do feel it when I'm not doing it. Like, if I take a week off from, from even just a show, I'm like, oh, I don't know if I know how to do this. <laughs> so yeah. I think... Uh, but yeah, I don't know if I could go back to the life of when I had a ton of side gigs. I guess if I got on the road, I mean, I've had some opportunity, but um, I don't know. I feel like, so when did you, when did this become like a full-time gig? Like how long? Uh, I'd been doing like comedy like two years and then I got fired from Fidelity. <laughs> what did you do? I just was making errors and stuff like that. I wasn't, yeah. I can't, like I got there was like a one department I got on probation for like making errors, just like clerical errors. You yeah. were just phoning it in because you were hungover from doing the open well, mics. I wasn't and hungover. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, but I had been out late, so mm -hmm. I was just tired. I yeah. wasn't like hungover. Yeah. I had to work at like 7 a.m. Oh, wow. That's so, bad. you know, I'd be out until 1 in the morning and I had to get, you know, and then I'd come home and take a nap. But, you know, sometimes it'd just be like, almost falling asleep at work you know what i mean mm -hmm. and so i just was making errors a lot and you know eventually just caught up with me they put me on probation and you know, there was always the six month review and you're like yeah and then eventually they just like fired me you know and like a couple of weeks before christmas i was like man oh cold hearted I know, but I, <laughs> I was kind of over it, so I didn't really care, you know? Yeah. So they did you a favor, essentially. Yeah, so that, you know, since I got fired for something like that, it wasn't for, like, conduct. I was able to get, like, unemployment. Mm -hmm. So I had, like, the unemployment base, and then I sl was able to, like, take all sorts of gigs, even if they were kind of shitty paid, because I had money coming in from unemployment. Yeah. And really kind of built that first year from that like wow so i'd been doing comedy two years but then that first year like without a job was like i had a secondary income you know so and when did you start to feel like success because obviously that's oh well i don't know there's times where i was like man I, <laughs> here it comes <laughs> i guess in the grand scheme of things out of all the people that have ever done stand up? I guess I'm pretty successful in the in a percentile sort of way. Like I mean, you're working like it's it's a, a regular thing for you. You're on the road, so for me, that's that's like success in comedy. If you're a working comedian, yeah, yeah. and you can survive on that, I mean, yeah, that's. But like, what? When did you feel like you were like, oh shit, like I'm doing this, like this is my job now. Like, no. what was that like? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it was always like, boy, I, this job needs to get better. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not as glamorous as everyone makes it seem on Instagram. Well, there was time, there's been moments where I'm like, this is pretty sick. Yeah. What yep. was like your favorite, like, best like road gig? Like, who'd you start opening? Did you start opening for people, or were you just? No, I was just like out there featuring in all sorts of different places. You know, it wasn't people weren't bringing people as much. You know, so. Mm -hmm. Uh, especially like the B or, B or C rooms, nobody's bringing anybody. So, uh, there was a couple people over the year, like this guy Greg Hahn brought me on the road a couple times, like three or four weeks or something, you know. Mm -hmm. And hearing that, but mostly it was just like you just get paired up with randos. Oh, okay, that's yeah. cool. And then, um, like, 
I guess I kind of am curious to know like when you had sort of like your biggest bomb and if that sort of if that has it has happened in the last like I don't know either the very beginning or now and what like did that deter you at all for a hot minute like did you ever have a moment where you like got off stage and you're like fuck this I don't want to do this ever again maybe this isn't for me or I've never had that like on stage it's I mean sometimes you go to a club and there's nobody there and it's like and you're in some town you don't want to be in and the hotel sucks and then you're mm. like man what the fuck am I doing <laughs> you know what I mean yeah and then the crowd sucks you know it's like a whole it's a whole snowball of sucking <laughs> you know where you're like fuck this but there's never been like I, like even when I'm bombing on stage I'm never like I should quit comedy it's always <laughs> like later like where I'm like on the road and like a Walmart wandering around like what am I doing <laughs> I need to get out of this yeah alright well I guess I feel like it's different for everyone, but yeah, if you're working, I don't know. I've I've had a couple moments. I mean, um, I think I think where I think the thing about doing more sets is like you you can get over like bombing quicker, mm, you know, if you yeah. get back out there and like you're you're doing, you know, if you're doing one set a week or something, and you bomb, then you really gotta fucking sit in that bomb all week. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I had a bomb the other night where I got laughs like it was o it was okay but I've done I've done better before like I've I'm I'm in a weird place right now with stand up where it's different all the time like I have like a few shows where I'm like oh I'm giving like I'm, I'm this is great and then all of shows where I'm like what the fuck am I doing like why am I still doing this I have a regular job I have health insurance right. <laughs> But then I, you know, but that like lasts for like 10 seconds. And then I'm like, no, I just need to write more new stuff. And I don't know. Um, like, do you like, how do you write? Like, are you a person that can sit down and say, like, are you like really disciplined where you sit down? And you're like, oh, I'm going to fucking sit here and I have to write for an hour. And like, or do you just kind of it just happens? As you uh, go? I don't know. I go. There's like moments where I. I get this, like, I'm like, I'm going to write every day. And then I do that. And then I can see the difference on stage. But then, you know, you get distracted, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, definitely when I first started, it was just like, yeah, I write it all the time, you know. And then the longer it goes, you're like, you know, maybe take it for granted or something like that. But I do try to, like, write every day. I, I, I think, yeah. All right. Yeah, it's hard for me. I, I've never been able to be a person that can – Sit, unless I'm with uh, someone else. If someone's like, hey, do you want to write today? I'll be like, oh, yeah, I can. I don't know what it is about doing things in groups that makes life easier for me than when I'm trying well, to Well, yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense because then you got, you got a common goal and then there's somebody account you got to be accountable to and stuff like that. So that makes sense. I mean, they say when you're, like, exercising, it's good to have, like, a workout buddy and stuff. So, yeah. and, you know, when you're writing, you're kind of working out, so. I mean, I think the thing is if, like, I don't sit down and write jokes every day. I, mm -hmm. I, I just sit down and try to write something. Not a, you know, there'll be periods where all of a sudden I look back and I haven't written for, like, two weeks or something. like. But I try to get in the habit of, like, just doing any sort of writing, like, free writing or, you know. Yeah. Because if you're just writing at all, it, like, gets the creative, it's just, like, working that creative part of your brain. 
and it'll pay off later, maybe later in the day. You know, if you set out a free rope for like 15 minutes, and then later in the day, your your mind's being a little bit more creative, and something will pop in your head, and you're like, oh. And I think you're more in tune to it if you're if you're writing. You know, otherwise, if you're not writing, you're not using that writing muscle. Yeah, you can't just like go up there and wing it. I mean, you can. It's not always gonna work. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, I my bomb the other night was um I think. I'd, at first, when it was happening, I was just—I knew before I got on stage. I think I like set the tone for myself because the power had gone out because mm-hmm. it was in a—it was an apartment show, and then every person on the lineup had just so much more time than me, like in comedy, not in set. And so you got—you got in your head. I got in my head, and then there was no mic, and I'm not a loud person, and this is probably as loud as I can go <laughs> without sounding like I'm yelling. And then I feel like if I'm yelling at people, that's just not really my vibe. They're like, "Why is Minnie Mouse yelling at us?" <laughs> yeah. So it was tough, and I yeah, I got in my head, and then also being a sober person, I feel like if I had been able to like be a drinking person on this show, yeah. I would have just said, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna have fun." Right. But, yeah, so I, I bombed pretty hard um, because it felt like an AA meeting. Like, there were just all these concerned faces, and everyone <laughs> was just listening. <laughs> and it was dark, and there were candles lit. <laughs> the only people that were like, hey, you were funny, were comics, which I actually was like, oh, I guess that, that's strange, or they felt bad for me. I was like, were you watching? <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I didn't say anything. I was just, like, got all nervous. But there was also a dude there with me, so that, like, got in my head, and I was... Was he your date? He was my date, yeah. He was my... I didn't mean to bring him to my show. It was kind of an accident how it all unfolded. How is that an accident? You had the show booked for a while. You're, I, you, <laughs> I saw that flyer come up a couple of times, so you knew about that. I knew about it, but I got into a spot where the person, like, was really interested and then I just didn't, I don't know, I didn't want to, like, ex- I don't know, maybe I did want them there in a way, which is weird because I'm never the person that, like, wants people to come to shows. Like, friends come, and then I feel like, oh, now I have to talk to them, now I have to, like, do good. Like, yeah, I can't yeah. just, like, fuck around. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It was a bad move. That so how was he there accidentally? <laughs> because didn't I asked. <laughs> you didn't explain anything. <laughs> Okay, so we were supposed to have a date, yes, and he didn't have any other time to hang out, and I didn't really either that this week. So m- part of me was just like, "Fuck it, I'll just bring it, like we'll just hang out because the show is kind of later, yeah. and it was it was technically a school night for me. I worked the next day, and so did he. So I was just like, whatever, we'll just roll the dice. And then when we get there, the power's out, and then every person on the lineup is like fucking IMDb credits like up the wazoo, and then. This one comic, like, killed and did 25 minutes right before me. And I'm like, he fucking took all the laughter. But that's... They they ran the light? No, he just, he, I think he was only supposed to do 20, but he did 25. And um, maybe it wasn't 25. Maybe it was 15, but it felt like 25 because I knew I was next. And I was like, there's Mm. no way I can follow this. Yeah. Like, he's a big name, you know? That's a, that's a tough one. <laughs> it was tough, like, but I felt like, you know, if I had been putting, if I had practiced this week, I, I probably would have done a lot better. I just didn't put in the work. I just fucking was in my head. Yeah. But, so that was my bomb. That was and my bomb. And how to go with that fella. 
fine. He was like really cool about it. He was like, you were funny. He was like, that just looked hard. Like, and he was really oh, sweet. He's a supportive guy. Yeah, huh? and we still hung out and we're still talking and there all is go. well. Feeding but I up. did, but I did say, hey, if you want to go, <laughs> you <laughs> can. I won't be offended because that that was embarrassing for me. That was like the most most vulnerable I I would I could be in front of a person that you know I just started seeing. There you go. Budding romance. I, yeah, we'll see. But um, but yeah, so that was my bomb. But when I first started stand up, my biggest bomb, I'll never forget this. It was New Year's Day, and it was at the Ha Ha, and I was getting a ton of spots. I was like a year in, and I was getting a ton of spots because I was just going to the mic all the time, and I was right. just fucking. I had so much confidence because I didn't know yet, like how comedy really works. Yeah. I just like so fucking confident, and I remember I got up there. I was super hungover. I didn't have anything prepared, and it was a packed house. And I was supposed to only do like six minutes, and they lit me at three because that's how bad I was fucking Ooh, bombing. Like, boom. yeah, Jack Jr. was like, "I did you a favor," and I was like, "Yeah, thank you so much." And I thought for sure I was never gonna do stand up ever again <laughs> in that moment. Yeah. You've never had anything like that. Oh, that's just times, right? I remember, like, one, it was like one of the first times that I went on the road. I I got booked to feature at the St. Louis. No, it was the Fairview Heights, Illinois Funny Bone, which is like right near East St. Louis, which is East St. Louis is in Illinois, and then St. Louis is in Missouri. Hmm. So it was like in the suburbs of St. Louis. Oh, okay. It was a it was a Funny Bone in a hotel. Oh, that's weird. But yeah, well, there's sometimes comedy clubs are in hotels. Yeah, Erica does a lot of those. And it was a Wednesday. It was like Wednesday through Sunday. It was a long week or something. And Wednesday was free wing night. <laughs> so everybody gets free wings. Sounds dope. <laughs> but it was just like a way to get people to come to the club. Yeah. And the host went up. And, and she's out here now. She's a funny lady. Janine mm-hmm. Brito. I don't know if you ever met her. Sounds familiar. Yeah. And she's doing well and i'm like all right i should do good and i got up there and just fucking bombed for like 25 minutes just epic oh man i mean it was like an all black crowd and i wasn't (laughs) used to that Uh you know what i mean i hadn't really done it wasn't like an urban it wasn't an urban night it wasn't like the headliner was some like cheesy white guy so, but it was just like they just all came on that night mm-hmm. for the wings i mean i'm not gonna say that <laughs> you did <laughs> no i don't mean it like that i just mean like free like like you, they needed to now i needed to edit that out i did not mean that in a racist way <laughs> you were just like I, it set, wasn't. I set the racist trap for you, and you i know i walked right into and it and you got yourself a chicken wing yeah. <laughs> no it was just like people come to comedy clubs when you get free shit yeah yeah and, but i just but you know there's like a different when you're performing in front of like an all-white crowd or like a mixed crowd there's just like so when there's any of one thing it just changes the dynamic like if i performed in front of all women it would be i would have to do make a little bit of ch- changes you know what i mean yeah right i couldn't there's just some stuff that, you know, and if it's all dudes, you can maybe push it a little bit further. You know, it's just like a different, when there's a different shared background 
That's why, like, I think why people have a hard, like, comedians don't like Las Vegas or, or like, or because the thing about Las Vegas is everybody's from someplace else. They don't mm-hmm. have a shared yeah. identity. You know, any club that's like a tourist club, they're always going to be harder because there's not a shared identity of the group. Now, I'm not saying everything's like a monolith, you know what I mean? But like, right. but when everybody, like, when everybody's like from Chicago, there's just this energy and you can reference something about the city or something, you know. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you don't have any ref, like, it's not I had to like pander to the black, but I didn't know. There, there may be just a little bit of way, a different pacing or any, any, yeah. or, or maybe I was just intimidated. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's most likely what it was that I was just like, these, these black people don't want to hear my white ass. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, you they're gonna think I'm head. corny or something. You know, and that's like the highest insult in like the yeah. black community. You know, a corny white guy. You don't want to be that. You know. Yeah. So I, I was probably just in my head and, and bomb like epic hard, and then. I just like went back to my hotel room. It was like down the hallway. <laughs> I was like drunk and I was just staring at the phone in the hotel room because this was like long enough ago where I, I didn't know if I had a cell phone, you know, <laughs> maybe I did, but I don't know if they had, I was just like, I was waiting for them to call and fire me. Wow. I was like, they're going to fire me. I bombed so hard. <laughs> and then the rest of the week they had people do come and do guest sets. So I was like, a, you know, yeah. Where I was like, all right, you know, like where they're like taking some of my time. But the rest Killers. of the week, I did fine. The rest of the week, I did fine. Because the rest of the week, the audiences were like mixed, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So it wasn't. Lots of different like demographics. Yeah. White and black people. Yeah. <laughs> of different ages. Of different ages. <laughs> so I did better the rest of the week. But yeah, it was definitely like a bomb super hard. And I was like, boy. Then there's been other times I've just just chomped it, ate it, <laughs> you know. And that's that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think I've always been very like personality driven on stage and like and I didn't realize like if the audience didn't buy into my personality, I I could just rely on my jokes. But you know, sometimes I'd like the first couple minutes I'd bomb and then just make it worse, you know, mm. but I'd be like, what's wrong with you people? You know, like <laughs> instead of just trying to like shift a bunch of gears around and, and just be like, all right, let's just, let's just do the funniest jokes, even if they're out of order or whatever. And then realize that they're not, they're not, they're not going to give me any laughs based on who I am as a person. Mm-hmm. It's just really about, the words I'm saying or the material instead of like when I come up on stage is like, you know, like they get that like I'm a personality. They're not they're where I'm getting, to, you know, it's like a crowd that gets me. They'll laugh at like when I'm like, yeah, all right. You know, like when I do any sort of weird aside or, you know, does that make any sense to no, you? No, it does. I was actually that's such a great point that you made about um, sometimes audiences m- might not respond to your personalities because some I think that's a good takeaway for me because I think that's how the other night was. It wasn't people's personalities that that audience wanted. They wanted material. Yeah. And I went up there like, well, I'm just going to 
bite this bullet. (laughs) But no, I think that's like, that makes perfect sense. Because you, you don't learn that straight away. Like you, you just like have to fucking eat shit. And then you kind of realize that sometimes maybe you're more likable to one crowd and then another crowd. Maybe you're just, your material is good. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I mean, there's some people where (coughs) they're not personality driven. It's all material driven. You know what I mean? And, you know, those people are probably more consistent. But I don't know if they like there is something where I feel like I can take it to another gear that those people can't. Mm -hmm. But uh, there's also probably a higher risk that I'll bomb <laughs> yeah yeah but then if you're but confident. i've gotten i've gotten a lot better at not being like an all like you know i used to like panic like two minutes in and be like oh yeah but now like i just try to shift some gears and be like mm-hmm. you know it's not gonna be like a fun set <laughs> but you know everybody will leave and be like oh, you did good or whatever even though i know it was like like a C plus or something, but yeah. to me, but the audience would be like, "That was fine. That was great." You know yeah. what I mean? They don't know when we're panicking unless we say we're panicking. You know, I don't consider it as like, you know, where you like, you're getting laughs consistently. You know, maybe they're not laughing at the second or third sort of punchline or third, you know, the aside or something. But if they're laughing at like all the major milestones all the way through, it'll seem like a good set to people. Yeah. Even though, you know, it's kind of bullshit. <laughs> yeah, I guess if you get them also, like, at the end, that's what people remember the most sometimes is, like, right. the last few things that you said. Like, I, yeah. I I did the same as you where I was just like, well, I'm going to pull out some old material that I hate, but I know it'll work because it's just joke, punchline joke. And But I think I got a couple laughs, and then it was just too late, and then I got the light, and I was like, I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm out of here. I was like, bye, guys. Uh, this was really humbling. <laughs> and then everyone laughed at that. But you had brought a date. You were trying to really impress. Yeah, it was the worst idea ever. Um, but you know what? I learned a huge lesson. What? Don't do shows in apartments. <laughs> well, I don't know. I've had really fun times in apartment shows. No, I'm kidding. But I, I learned that, that like, I can't sometimes go and just i'm not at a level right now because i've also written new stuff where i can just go up and just wing it like i need to like be practiced yeah, you got practice yeah got practice got practice girl yeah so that's cool so you like start everything happened really fast for you do you think that's because of when you started because it was like before social media really became this huge thing so like especially where you were, grew up and where you were doing it there was only like 10 comics so there wasn't you weren't like fighting so much for stage time. Yeah, but there wasn't that much stage time. You know, what I mean, you really had to make the most out of it. You know, you, it was a real emphasis to do very well because you're like as performing like go bananas. You know, at that their mic. You know, maybe once or twice a month. You know, but I had to bring people. You know, it was like a yeah. bringer show at their mic. It's a yeah, you had to bring audience. And then how how'd you like wh- when did like I know sorry my couch is so uncomfortable, 
It's the fucking worst. Oh, it's the one she wanted. Oh, it's fine. I want it to be like as broken in as possible. <laughs> also, I financed it, so apparently I can give it back whenever I feel like and trade it in for something else. You financed a couch? Are you a poor person? Like no, that? it's like two thousand dollars. So oh, it's a two thousand dollar couch. I can't afford a two thousand dollar couch. This is an expensive ass couch. Especially for not being comfortable, I'm kind of pissed uh, about you it. You should have went to Bob's Discount Furniture. <laughs> Man, they have great stuff. Wait, where is that place? It's in like Mid City. Oh damn, I might have to check it out. I I think I signed a contract, but no, I you know what it was? I couldn't find any couches that I liked, and then I was set kind of on a color scheme. Yeah, Bob's Discount Couches, man. Like the guy, they had a salesman, which you think you wouldn't want, but like. Cause we we shopped for a couch for like a like a couple of weeks, me and Grant for the dad pad. Yeah, the dad pad. And we'd go to some of these places, and there wouldn't be a soul in there. And when <laughs> we'd wander around, and be like, man, what the fuck? <laughs> Nobody wants to sell us a couch. We're like, want to buy a couch? Yeah. And we, you know, we got questions, you know. Yeah. And then we went to Bob's Discount Furniture. The thing about Bob's is like, all the furniture is like, you know, it's all brand new. It's just like. They get like a deal because they're like, there's like two color schemes you can get, and that's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But the guy, we told him exactly how much we our price range, mm -hmm. and then he showed us like ten different couches. Wow. And I knew all the shit, so we sat on and we, you know, we looked at all, you know, we we had like ten couches to choose from, and they had like two different color schemes, you know. Yeah. And we got a couch for like five hundred. That's pretty cheap. I mean. It's pretty comfortable. I also, my place is small, so I was looking for something kind of in the mid-tiers. This is like a mini, like, sectional. Yeah. But I think if I break it in, I think it's just too new. Nah, man, this couch is hard as fuck. It's hard as fuck, yeah. <laughs> I might I might just have to, like, keep it for looks for a minute until I find something better. So you go to Bob's. Maybe uh, I'll go to Bob's. I could probably trade this in for, like, a TV. A so. TV? That'd be a huge TV. <laughs> Well, no, because you, when you finance, you just have to make sure that the cash amount is the same. as. Yeah. So I could probably get like a 60-inch TV. You're like a tiny person. Do you need a big TV? <laughs> I don't know. Probably not 60 inches. Maybe like 50. I think 50 is like the standard, right? Because I'm going to hang it on the wall. Yeah? I'm going to put it on the wall, yeah. You're going to play video games? No, I don't do video I don't even know why I need a TV, to be honest. I like not... It's, you know what? This whole apartment is a facade. It's all just so I can say I have an apartment. When people come over, they're, like, impressed. So when you have a, a gentleman caller come over? Yeah, I guess. Like, it's kind of just like, look at how grown up I am. Fuck yeah. She's got, like, a throw blanket and some fucking pillows. I mean, that's, like, coming up in L.A. And you don't have a cat? That's huge. No cats, no animals. Not about that life. Boy, that's... I'm, like, I'm like anti-cat. <laughs> I am, yeah. I like dogs. Yeah. I like I animals. Mean, I mean, like, obviously dogs are much more work than cats. But, like, you know, I don't know. I feel like a dog is your friend, you know? Yeah, dogs, like, rely on you. Cats don't. Cats and also, I don't. their own fucking food. I don't like that, like, cats take dumps in the house. That's gross. Yeah, it is true. But you can teach them now how to use the toilet. Your cat took a dump in the toilet? Yeah. That's still weird. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't want to have to compete with the cat to take a dump. <laughs> you know what I mean? Are I you mean in there? Meow. <laughs> no. Come on. Meow, meow. <laughs> All right. I mean, it's, 
I've seen it. I've watched like on YouTube. <laughs> you're just These like cats, <laughs> they flush the toilet and everything. They fucking learn how to do it like a person. <laughs> it's crazy. They're pretty smart. But they're not that smart if they can get domesticated by a per Like if they can get like taken by a person and lived in. But maybe it's all, maybe the joke's on us. Maybe it's like, oh, you feed me. Well, yeah. Give me water. Yeah, we're doing all the work for them. Yeah, but like sometimes I feel like animals just want to be free. They want to be in the wild. Yes. <laughs> but the thing is, cats also live. I don't know. You just you know when you go to somebody's apartment and they have a cat, you be, I can you, just know, see, you know immediately. Yeah, cat. Especially if they're old cats and they pee everywhere and their yeah. pee's toxic. Yeah. Cancer makes you. That's why all those cat ladies are crazy because the pee makes you. Well, there's some sort of like mite on the on the. There's some sort of parasite that's on the litter yeah. in your brain. Yeah. Then you're like a slave to like that fucking yeah, it's parasite. Gross. It's gross. I'm not into it. Yeah, cat I, brain. Yeah, I don't even know if I'm like into kids. Kids? Come on. Kids are fun. Kids are fun. <laughs> but I guess I, you know, I think I just have to like, if I meet the right dude that I, that will do half the work, then I'll be cool with it. But. I don't want to end up in one of these situations where, like, I'm fucking doing everything. That's bullshit. Right. You know? I want, like, a dad that will sometimes just stay home with the kids so I can go do my own shit. She wants a dad, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Not a daddy. <laughs> she wants, she's got a real dad fetish. <laughs> hey, I'm cutting the grass. Ooh. <laughs> there you are, buddy. <laughs> I don't plan on ever leaving L.A., I don't think, so um, they'll probably, unless I become a bazillionaire, I don't know if there's going to be a yard. bazillionaire, huh? Yeah, I don't I know if there's going to I don't know what amount of money that is. <laughs> Bazillion. Bazillion. <laughs> like, more than a trillion and more than a billion. All right. Bazillion. <laughs> <laughs> How's that coming? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, right now, I have, like, my retirement set up. No, not money. Like, I can't retire today. I just mean, like, I set it up. Like, it's There you go. You starting. set it up. <laughs> it's starting. <laughs> you're putting some money in there. You're dripping it in there. Yeah, I'm dripping some money. Um, I'm also spending a fucking lot right now. I don't know. I, when you stop drinking, you you think you're going to save a ton of money. Yeah. And then you end up just, like, finding other ways to still, like, spend all of it all the time. So. Yeah, you got to make good habits. I know. Well, I bought a leather chair before you came over here online. I've been getting into the online shopping. You can't just stop a bad habit and then <laughs> not replace it with a good habit. Well, my good habits are that I have an I have health insurance now. That's not a habit. That's but I made that thing. happen. <laughs> I made that happen. You did make that happen. Because I got a, a better job. Yes. I got a nice day job where the hours are like perfect so I can still do stand-up. There you go. So you made some positive changes. I did. Um, I got two walls now separating my bedroom from my eating area. That's exciting. I don't have to eat in bed. Now when I eat in bed, it's a choice. Yeah. You're a sad lady. <laughs> <laughs> My bed's just really comfortable. I don't know. You know what's funny is like I have that kitchen table I need to build, and I was just kind of like, yeah, fuck it. Like I got now you're waiting until things heat up more with this fella to make him come <laughs> do that. I mean, I had one of my dude friends, not a not a gentleman caller, just a friend that's a dude. Um, he came over and helped me build these tables and these chairs, but uh, I he was we were like laughing because i was like don't worry i won't make you do the bed and the table because i'll make another dude do that 
<laughs> so yeah, some yeah, that's probably how I'll lure him over here. Hey, can you come build these things for me? It's a, and then you you'll be able to observe and see if he's handy and it'll be a test. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely a test. Like I can't, I can't date a dude that uh does not can't like build things or like fix things because like i do plan to own a home someday so yeah you gotta have a handy fella that's like a non-negotiable do you have any non-negotiables for a lady does she have to like cook like be a good cook or like uh i guess just not you know i need a lady that's got like empathy empathy <laughs> yeah have you been dating a lot of like sociopaths or what's happening maybe i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i thought like you know i i read a, uh, a study the other day that everyone is actually born or born with morals like you're born to be moral but empathy sometimes not everyone has that so sometimes it has to be taught yeah i think yeah <laughs> but you know i don't i don't really have anything that i don't have any like non-negotiables really i mean i don't really want to date a lady that has kids that's a non-negotiable i mean but if she was like a mega babe i'd probably look <laughs> the other way you know what I mean? if she, okay ladies listening if you're ultra hot with kids you have a chance with dave Wade. i know that seems so terrible but you know there's definitely you know you could get like Somebody in, like, the bargain bin, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess maybe what if, if their kids are, like, grown up already. Uh, yeah. That could be dope. Yeah, or just whatever. Like, Or if they're cool kids, like, they're not shitty kids. Like, I can yeah. never date someone with shitty kids. I don't mind a starter family, but you can't have shitty kids. Right. And you can't have a shitty ex. Like, okay. whoever the co-parent is. Would you, would a, if, like, a guy was, like, do our kids like a, an issue for you? That's not like a it's definitely not my first choice. But, but if a guy was like super hot, would you probably like be like, all right? Well, it. you have to be like he ha he has to be like super cool. Like yeah. you can, like hot is sort of at this stage for me, and like I don't care how hot you are. Like if you don't have a personality or you're kind of a dick, like I'm out. Like right. I mean, I'm not. It's not all looks based, but right? But chemistry and like you know, chemical. Yeah. But I would probably give it a more of a consideration. You know. Whatever. Yeah, I'm you just, might feel. It's like so hard to be like honest and not feel like you're being like. Yeah. A dirt bag, but like I'm like no, I'm yeah. just being. You're being real. I'm not judging. Yeah, yeah. I just mean for me, I'm learning that I usually only go for hotness first. Yeah. Like that's my first. Like oh, they're hot. And then I like let things slide because they're so hot. Yeah, yeah. And they, then that gets me. I, I, I've done that where I look past some red flags because somebody is so uh, like attractive. Yeah, you're and just like so into them because of that. And like, then you're like, but you know, eventually that'll wear off. You know, so you gotta be aware of that. And then yeah. You're, then you're stuck with it. So, and you know, I think I don't want to generalize, but like, you know, people that are like really attractive that. They live in a different space than mm -hmm. other people. You know, they are used to getting away with a lot more stuff than yeah. the, the the people, like the troll people, the bridge people. You <laughs> the know, bridge people. There's, a <laughs> there's a different set of rules for us, you know what I mean? <laughs> I think there's also, I don't, wouldn't call you a troll person, so no. don't classify yourself as that. But I think also, like, depending on status, too, like, if someone has a certain status, I guess, like a, like a more 
like someone in entertainment that ha that is like very well known. Mm. It would be a very hard person, I imagine, for me to date because um, I wouldn't. I don't know. It's probably my own insecurity, but I'd be like, "Why are you dating me? We can date like fucking uh, Naomi Watts." Or I don't know. I'm just trying to think of something. Well, like you know, they probably are like. They want a balance. I think that's the thing I'm learning about relationships is you want somebody that's a good balance for you, you know? Yeah. And a part, you you want it to be a, a, like a partnership, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you need to, it has to also be easy. Not easy in the sense that like, like easy, but like it has to just feel not complicated in the beginning, I think. Well, you need somebody like, say I'm somebody who's looking for, Somebody that has em- like a lot, a lot empathy. It'd be nice to have somebody that has that mm-hmm. empathy. Like, you know, then it'd be yeah. a good match. Right. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I think you know. Good, I mean, that's the one thing. Like the older I get, the more I'm like aware of kind of what I want. Yeah, someone like is caring and like for I think for me, empathy. Obviously, yeah, I want someone that's empathetic, but I I I want someone that can communicate. And if they are, like, not feeling something or if – I love how this always fucking turns into a dating podcast at the end. This yeah. happens every single time, yeah. Well, we don't uh, – uh, do you always have men on? No, I had um, – I've had two ladies so far. Did they turn it into a dating thing? Um, It comes up, I think, just because when you're, like, kind of talking about how people started their in their career and then, like, why they ended up in L.A. Because everyone that I've had on so far has not been from L.A. Yeah. So it just comes up. But, yeah, then we just end up, like, <laughs> shooting the shit, which is fine. It's part of, like, my journey to success. That's <laughs> the whole point of this is to figure out through all my friends, like, how to be more successful. Well, in all aspects of your life. Yeah. You don't want to just be – I think you want to have a balanced career and, you know, love life, right? Yeah, I want a person, and I want a, like, career, and I want to feel excited. I want it all. Well, <laughs> I just want to – I'm not, I don't know. I feel like at this stage, I'm going to be 34, which is not super old, but it's like an established age in society. I'm an adult. You're an adult woman. Yeah. And now I'm not really like, because I am so busy and I have career and I, I do like do stand up, you know, and that's something that's important to me. And I try to make as much time for it as I can, but I also try to make time for a person. So I'm like out there, I'm like in the scene. A person. Yeah, a person. I'm just trying, you know, I don't know. I don't like using the word husband because I don't know if that's, like, I'm not opposed to that, but I don't, I'm not, I don't want someone to propose to me, like, tomorrow. That's scary. Scary. Oh! (laughs) A little. Well, because it's just sort of, that's a lot. Like, marriage is a big deal. You can't just, like, meet someone and then three months later be like, I'm going to fucking marry this person. I don't know. You got to date them for a while. Yeah, because you got to learn all their shit and then you got to know if you're going to be okay with that for ever ever i mean yeah. you know 30 years well you'll be women live a lot longer yeah i'm gonna live till i'm like 98 because my i have a grandmother who apparently is like almost 100 and she's still i mean she's not all there she's and in a home now but you're also like tiny so that means you will probably live longer will it i feel like tiny people don't they die sooner no, the taller you are, the shorter your life expectancy is. Oh, dope. Okay. Yeah, you know, but you'll you're in a shrink down to even a smaller lady. Yeah, I'm gonna be like that lady on um, 
The lady that was in Teen Witch, <laughs> and then she was also in Sixteen Candles, and she like got them to the church for the sister's wedding. Okay. I think that lady died re- like in the last couple of years, but she's teeny tiny. She's like this big. Yeah. It, but she wasn't like a dwarf. She just, I think. She just kept shrinking. Kept shrinking. Yeah. You better. Uh, I'm like four eleven and three quarters right now, so three quarters. Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> I'm five foot on a good day. I bet if I like hung upside down for a while every day, I would probably get that extra like quarter of an inch. You just that sounds stretch. like something dudes would do to like try <laughs> to make their dick bigger. Yeah, I'm sure it works. Just pull on it long enough. <laughs> so, did you um have any hot dogs this week? No, no. Damn. For people that are listening, me and Dave have a kinship over hot dogs. I don't know why. <laughs> well, I had a record called Hot Dog. <laughs> okay. And then. And then there's like a hot dog guy on the album. Is that And then why? sometimes, I, sometimes during my set, I'll go, man, I'm a hot dog. You know? <laughs> and, just, and if you don't know what hot dog, that means like you're like showboating in baseball. Like mm-hmm. somebody's like hot dog in a play. They're like really putting their extra pizzazz on it's not necessary okay so i didn't just make that up in my head and then we went we went to the the chili place in in cincinnati that's right we did we had some cincinnati chili hot dogs and then your birthday we came over you had a hot dog we had some hot dogs and then i was asking everyone if it was a sandwich yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> that's not funny to anyone <laughs> except <Maybe> us <laughs> those were some good times and then i met my my uh, my friend lauren yeah one of your bfs yeah one of my bfs i had dinner with her the other night oh. i mean yeah. i think you're friends because you're both tiny people that's my i theory. think so <laughs> <laughs> well we were standing in your garage at your birthday and i didn't know anyone that was at the party yet and you just made eye contact. Yeah, she. I was looking for something to drink, and then she just looks at me, and she's like, hi, I'm Lauren. And I'm like, oh, I'm Lori. And then it was just, you know, yeah. love affair. Love affair. It's been like a three-year love affair. That's pretty tight. I know, all from your birthday. That's our friend anniversary. Nice. What is that, November? November 3rd. November 3rd. It's a good day. Yeah. Dope. That's sweet. Yeah, man. Well... Cool. We've. I can't believe we've been talking for an hour. Wow, man! Look at that. Well, it's because we're friends. Like yeah, we're friends. Sorry, I made you talk about comedy for so long. I just like uh, to it's hear. All right. I like to hear your take, your hot take. Yeah, hot take on the comedy. But I do want to know, like, the last thing I wanted to ask you before we kind of say our last words was, so what got you to come to LA? Like, what was that? decision making like oh well i'd been in new york for like two years and then i i'd set some personal goals for myself i was like i was like if i get on tv and i do the montreal comedy festival i'm gonna move to la and those were like goals i set those were goals i set going into my second year because i lived there for a year trying to figure out the city but the city was like, oh, God. You know, it was just like so relentless. Yeah. In Montreal? No, in New York. In New York. Okay. So I was going, I lived there for a year. And then for my second year, I set some personal goals mm-hmm. where I was like, I told myself, I, because I, I, I didn't really like New York. It was like so overwhelmed. Uh, like, go, go. But I didn't want to like just leave, like flame out, you know, yeah. like a lot of people go and flame out. And I, 
Uh, I didn't want to go home. And uh, I was like, well, I told myself I could move to L.A. if I if I got on TV or I uh, did Montreal, you know, a comedy festival. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I ended up getting, like, Fallon. And then Montreal that year, like, so I, and, then, and then I got a manager. So then I, I got all these goals, and I had told myself I would leave. Wow. Damn. So I was like, well, I better go. You know, I wrote – I wrote this down in a notebook <laughs> and said I would do it. So I better <laughs> obey the notebook, you know. <laughs> but it also gave me an exit because I didn't enjoy living there so much. Yeah. So now I could leave and nobody and nobody gives a shit, really. No. But I was like, I can leave and nobody's going to question it. You know, right. why, why, you can just leave. Nobody cares. You know, it's so hard. The older you get, you realize that nobody cares. I mean, nobody people cares. care, but they don't care. As much as you think they care. Right. They care more. People probably care more that you're, like, doing all right. People yeah. just want you to know you're doing all right. Yeah. You don't want to hear somebody's not doing all right. Right. Or like but then, you know, if they're, like, if somebody, like, if somebody, like, I knew out here was, like, I'm moving back home, you know, I'm just fucking do something different. I'd be, like, that's cool. You know what I mean? <laughs> Unless they're, like, looking for, like, Unless they're like, hey, man, I really want, I, I just need somebody to talk to. Maybe sometimes people will, won't be direct. They're like, I have to think about leaving, you know. And it's really about, like, their insecurities. Maybe it's not really about leaving, you know. Yeah. But uh, I just want people to be doing well, you know. That's it. But you, you put on this external, what you think other people are thinking. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, but uh, I guess for me, I. I was able to leave because I was like, I set these goals. They happen. I can leave and feel like my two years in New York, I accomplished something. Yeah, I mean, so many things. <laughs> That's dope. Like, I. so you left and then is it because you got something in L.A. or you just like, you were like, all right, I did what I needed to do. It's time to move on. Like You kind of graduated. I yeah, guess. I mean, I, maybe I should have stayed there and built up more stuff, but I wanted to leave. Yeah. And then once these things happen and then I got a manager that was out here and I was like, all right, I got a manager. Everything's going to happen. But I didn't know. Like, there's like it's every before you take the next step, you're like, once I get this, this will happen. You're you're you don't you get up there and you're like, ah, I didn't that didn't really change much. (laughs) You're just in a a different state yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> doing the same thing you're like oh man once i start headlining everything will be different but there's a whole new set of problems you know there's a every time you're like oh once i get to this it'll be like oh it'll be so much better yeah but are you happy with your decision yeah i mean i've been here six years i've made a lot of friends i enjoy it you know i've had gotten some some things have happened out here every once in a while yeah, mm-hmm. like once a year there'll be like a a thing I get, and I'm like, well, I'm probably should stay. <laughs> I mean, there's always like one, like you know, show business just gives me like a drip where I'm like, man, all right, just like a hamster on the wheel, and yeah. I get some drip, and I'm like, all right, well, you know, that's cool. <laughs> do you think you'll stay here, like, or do you think you'll ever go back to New York, or ever end up back in Cincinnati, or like LA is now, like this is like where your roots are now? Boy, it's hard to say. You yeah, know, I don't know. Yeah, you know because the you know the dollar just goes so much further in other parts of the country. You know what I mean? Where it's like 
you know it's something to think about you know you grew up here so it's different yeah you know, i don't have that attachment i'm used to how expensive everything is because i don't really know right like different so but there's so much things that you can experience here and you know i think life is more about experiencing things and doing things than stuff you can accumulate so I'm yeah yeah, I mean, look at all this fucking stuff. I, don't I know you went. She went. What? She loves chairs. She got a real <laughs> chair fetish. I know. And I have like eight chairs right now, and then four in a box. Are you gonna have some game nights? <laughs> I'm thinking about it. I, that's why I want that table's probably not gonna work. I need to get a long. I'm getting rid of this table. So if you guys need a table, and then I'm getting. I want to get a long table so I could have some game nights. Did you ever week. come to any of the game nights? You yeah. never told me about them, like, or you would tell me, like, way later. It would be, like, 11 o'clock at night. You're like, we're having a game night, and I'd be, like, out doing something already. So. I think I told you 11 o'clock was a game I night. I feel like there, I think it was, like, already in the midst, and then I'd hit you up or something. Yeah, yeah. And then you got back to me way later. Uh, yeah. Well, and we were playing would, games. What yeah. So when is the next game night? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I think we're ha we're having a barbecue for Easter if you want to come. Oh, sweet. I was looking for an excuse to not go back to Thousand Oaks All for right. Easter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in. Will there be hot dogs? Maybe. We might get a ham. A ham? Okay. We could take this off air probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want none of your podcast listeners showing up at my house. Oh, but no one knows where you live. That's and a good point. I mean, people, even if they listen to the end, they might listen to this like a month from now. All right. Or like <laughs> 10 days after Easter. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I don't know who you think my listeners are. Do they all know where you live? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> also, I'm pretty sure I've like, I've gotten up to like 70 listens per episode. There so you go. I'm feeling... I'm feeling like that's not a whole, that's not great. <laughs> it, you got to start somewhere. Yeah. So any last words? I mean, you were just on the road, I feel like, weren't you? Yeah, I was on the road. Yeah. I just want to say it's a great time. You have a very lovely apartment. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, I feel like it was a good talk. I learned some things about you I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know you did finance before. Or maybe you told me, but I was blackout drunk. <laughs> um, Never did anything finance. I worked at a financial company. <laughs> <laughs> But like I said, those little details, because I've known you since for a while now. I Yeah, I don't remember. But um, all right, cool. And what's your social? Let's plug that. Dave Waite Comedy. That's across the board. My website, everything is Dave Waite Comedy. There's an E in my name, W-A-I-T-E. So all Dave right. Waite Comedy. Cool. Well, thanks for coming on. Well, thanks for having me. I'm ready to go have a hot dog because I haven't eaten all day. So. Tight. Dope. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Bye. Bye.